our first episode, and I am your host, Angel Ray. I am so excited to be on this new journey with you. It is a little untraditional and probably very unconventional, but with all the new technology that we have been introduced to, it's going to be really interesting to make this an interactive podcast, which is one of the things we really hope to accomplish, and I'm going to be telling you about that at the end of this episode. But let me just explain that today it's going to be just a little bit different. We're going to be talking about the purpose of Unraveling the Babel. I'm also going to share a little bit about myself and my story because I would like for you to have a little bit of a background since I am going to be your host. But also I think that there are going to be people out there that will relate to things in my story and it will become more personal. And that also is part of that interaction that we're hoping to achieve. So let me first start by just sharing the purpose of why we're doing this in the first place. The definition of Babel is, you know, many voices that cause confusion. And I think that today in our world, what we're seeing happen across the board, especially in the American church or what we call the American church, is this loud noise of so many people telling us through books, through YouTube videos, through all of this social media, what we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to be, who Jesus is, what he came here for, why he did it, how he did it, and how we're supposed to understand all these things. Do not misunderstand, please. I'm not in any way saying that we shouldn't listen to other preachers and speakers or the pastors of our churches or reading books by authors. Every person in my understanding, is supposed to be confirmation of whatever it is that God is teaching us in our individual time with him, that he is first our main teacher. And because we're letting God be our main teacher, we will know that what we're listening to, what we're taking in, is accurate, is truth, is right. The Bible tells us that false teachers will come and we are supposed to be able to recognize it because it will be in disguise. And the only way we can know that is if we are in the word ourselves. What we're seeing is that people are replacing their time with God with YouTube videos of someone else telling them things about God. We're seeing people replacing their study of the Bible with books telling them about the Bible. And that is taking us off course. And it is causing a lot of confusion because there's all this noise going on from all these voices. Not saying that it's intentional. I'm just saying that it's happening. Unraveling the Babel is about getting all of that and breaking it down from the words of God himself out of the Bible in which he inspired as his own book, as the author himself. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, but it's hard for us to know his voice when we can't hear his voice because of all the other noise. So that's what this is about believers coming together and getting into God's word, digging into it to look at what the Bible says. Look at what Jesus himself said. 
And in doing that, encouraging one another, lifting one another up, building one another, which is the intention of the church that Jesus had in the first place. It seems today that so many times we see this tearing down, and that is not what he created the church to be. He created us beyond denomination and religious divides. Those are things the enemy is using to divide us. Jesus meant for the church to be a unit, to come together as a body, working, moving together. That's what we're trying to do here, to sharpen one another. I'm so excited because I feel like I'm going to learn so much. Let me just tell you a little bit about myself. I only share my story with you, not because this podcast is about me. It isn't. I'm just your host. But I do it for the purpose of connection, for encouragement for those who are in a situation that may be similar or maybe the feelings that you feel about yourself and about how that works out in a relationship with Jesus might be similar to my experience. I grew up with a difficult childhood into my teen years and I had several things that happened to me that uh, were very traumatic and those things caused me to understand love in a very wrong way and made a lot of bad decisions based on all of those wounds. I continued to have certain things happen and I couldn't understand why I was such a target for this um, type of attack. And, and even though I didn't understand Jesus at that time, because I was raised in a Christian background, I went to a Christian school and even into a Christian college. So I had a lot of knowledge of God, but I was never really taught about this relationship with God. It was more of a religious um, teaching. I say that being careful that people don't get the wrong perception that I'm saying those people did that intentionally. I don't believe that. I believe they were taught that way and they were just passing on what they had been taught in the best way they knew how. I got married because I was trying to run away and it ended badly. However, from that, I learned a great deal. I also am very thankful. I was given a wonderful child from that situation. And so here I am, a very young mother at 20 years old, trying to figure out how to be a mom when I didn't even know how to be a girl or how to be anything really. I, I was doing my best to provide. And, you know, as all these things had happened in my life, there was this uh, this sense of I can work hard and do my best to be a mom, but it still seems like everything I do is no matter how hard I try to do good, bad things are still happening. And I kind of got to this place where my focus was only good for my child. But for me, I just felt like there was no good for me. My friend who was also my roommate at the time, thought that she was pregnant. And she asked me if I would do her a favor and take a pregnancy test along with her just to make her feel better because she was pretty sure she was pregnant. I was like, sure, why not? Took the test. Hers came back negative and mine didn't. I was devastated. I was a single mother. 
I had already disappointed my family and others. I didn't know how in the world I was going to do this. I was so confused and lost. I talked myself into doing something that I never thought I would do. My family already saw me in a very negative light because I had made so many bad choices and I was desperate for their approval. I was desperate for love from someone, for an unconditional love that was going to love me no matter what was going on. And, you know, understanding that, like I said, I had come from a, um, a Christian background. I had already made all these bad choices, then decided to try to fix it. So I went to Christian college and was kicked out from the college, giving my family a, a, another reason to be disappointed with me. I knew that this would be the, the nail in the coffin for me with the people that I wanted approval from the most. So in my head, I made all these excuses, these justifications. My emotions were all over the place. And I, and I told myself all kinds of things that would help me to make the decision that I made. And I had an abortion. Part of me died that can never come back to life. I had no idea how awful the procedure itself was, but I certainly had no idea how awful the aftermath of that choice was going to be. I mean, other people didn't have to condemn me. They didn't need to tell me how awful I was. I knew that's a hard thing to live with. It came to this place where I understood something about me that I didn't understand before and that thing was that I was capable of doing things that I never thought I would be capable of doing if put in the right situation. So from that time forward I just tried to live the best that I knew how. I tried to continue to be the best mom that I could. I remarried and we instantly had two children, his and mine which became ours. And now I'm trying to learn how to live in this blended family, how to be the mother of a blended family, and to do that in a right way that would honor all of us. I knew that I could never make heaven. I'm never going to get there. But Maybe, maybe if I work really hard, maybe I can, I can do it. Maybe God will have mercy on me if he sees me work really, really hard. So I, I got involved in church and with this good intention of Jesus really can save you because I believed that for everyone else. I just didn't believe it for me. I got involved in a recovery program for abortion. It was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. I began to understand what God believed about me. It was presented to me in a different way through this view of true forgiveness and grace. Rather than working and working and working to try to please him, it was just accepting him. And it was hard for me to wrap my mind around all of that based on what I knew I had 
done. Once the abortion began to unravel, everything else did as well. And it was just like spilling out of all these things that I needed this grace for. I'm walking into my early 30s at this point, and now my eyes are really becoming open. And I realize now that I've worked hard. I've done all these things to try to earn my way to heaven. And no matter what I do, it's exactly what I thought. I can't work hard enough. I can't do enough. I can't love enough. And then I really understood the grace of Jesus. So I told my husband, I just realized I'm not saved. I have a lot of knowledge of Jesus, but I don't know him. I don't know him. I know about him. Everything I thought about myself, only Jesus could remedy that. He was truly the only way. You know, all of this ugliness, all of these bad choices, and, and all of those things that I was a victim of that happened to me that I could not control. The only one that could repair that was Jesus. I always had thought I had to get cleaned up and then he would be like, oh yeah, yay, come on. He saw me in my most gross place, but he wanted to be the one to clean it all up. I said, okay, God, this is the deal. I don't have a lot to offer. So I really don't know what in the world you could do with me, but I want to try. Many things happen. We had hardships and then things would get better, hardship, better, hardship, better, like this constant kind of thing that was going on. But when it would get better, it's like we would be catapulted a little further and then hardship and then catapulted a little further. We started a couple of businesses, which led to a ministry, which led to a lot of other things. We were in a position where we were respected in a community. However, we allowed, and I should speak for myself, I allowed the business and the ministry, and even though the ministry started with, with goodness and great intentions, and it did a lot of wonderful things, I allowed that ministry to become something negative in my life because it was replacing God. I, I was so busy with the business and with the ministry that I didn't have time anymore for my devotion or my time with God. I was reading a whole bunch of other stuff and listening to a bunch of other stuff and I'm not reading the Bible. And you know, all these things started happening because my focus got away from God. All of a sudden our world collapsed. And I mean every area of it, things with our children, our marriage, uh, was crumbling and coming to an end. We were separated, it seemed, from everyone. And, and a lot of that was our own fault because we didn't see it then, but we were so devastated and we were so extremely feeling everything that was going on because it was almost as if every day something else happened and that went on for months. It's like we couldn't breathe. Our financial world completely collapsed. We lost everything. Reputation, respect, we were in the paper. It seemed like every week with another lawsuit filed against us because of the company. 
it was the most crushing thing. And in trying to deal with that, there was things that began to happen internally. Our marriage, there was a deep sense of betrayal because there were things that weren't told to one another that were coming to light through all of this. So there was this issue of trust, a major issue of trust between us. This almost spirit of suicide lived in our house for I can't tell you how long. It was horrible and my husband was getting death threats because when his company failed, it affected many employees that worked for him and how they provided for their families. And they were responding and reacting to everything that was happening that we couldn't control. It was like this huge snowball that just kept getting bigger and bigger and we were just drowned by it all. And I decided I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't be married anymore. I didn't want to live with this anymore. I didn't want to walk through this anymore. I just wanted to run as far away as I could. And I am a very outgoing person normally. My way of always coping with everything bad that happened was to tuck it away and then get out there with people and make them laugh and be silly and goofy. And I'm kind of loud and obnoxious and I'm okay with that. So that was how I dealt with things. But I was asking God to end my life. And Jesus spoke four words to me. To live is Christ. I realized that he understood so deeply my suffering. Because he had been through so much more. He had a purpose for the suffering that we were going through. We didn't know what it was. I didn't understand. And the one thing that he had been so gracious in this process of working to transform me into what he created me to be was his patience. As I was opening myself up to him, there were areas uh, that where there were wounds that were so deep, I just didn't want them. It was like opening Pandora's box and I knew that. No, Jesus, don't go there. You can work on, heal all these other areas, but let's just leave that one alone. And you know, he's such a gentleman. Let me remind you of what kind of God I am for you. And let me lead you out of this. I led you into it. I'm leading you through it, and I'm going to lead you out of it. God is still transforming me. And though that was three years ago, as we were walking through the worst part of all of that, he has been restoring all the way, all the way. And through that, did I disappoint people? Absolutely. I did not react or respond in the right ways because all I could do was feel and all of my feelings were telling me to do all the wrong things but Jesus I love those two words together but Jesus he can do anything if we let him Jesus wants to meet us right where we are in that ugly place I know there are others that are walking through things to what you might have heard here. And, and a lot of those may even be believers, beautiful women in our church, in the body of Christ, sitting on those church pews that are trapped within themselves by their choice 
of abortion and there may be other choices but I feel heavy on my heart this particular choice because it traps us and it keeps us from becoming everything that God has created us to be. I, I know the fears that come along with finding freedom, the fear of people knowing, having to see in yourself what you did. These are hard things, I know. And the truth is, for you, the whole world doesn't have to know. I just want you to know that you have a friend in me. Thank you for letting me share my story. That's what this is about, encouraging one another. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, today is a new day, not just individually, but as the body of Christ, so that people see that evidence in our life, especially in this very dark time, not just in our nation, but in the world. The only thing that can stop the hatred is Jesus. We need to be praying for our country, for our leaders, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, because they are there under God's authority, and we need to be praying for the world. We need to be praying for revival. As we bring our first episode to a close, thank you so much for being with us, and please take part. Here's how you can do that. Go to www.unravelingthebabble.com. That's our website. It's just our podcast website, but you can listen to each of the podcasts, and there's also a link to our Facebook page, or you can go to the Facebook page directly, which is also called Unraveling the Babble. The Facebook page is really where you can interact. We will be posting a recap of everything we discussed, including the scriptures we referenced. You will also be able to share your comments, questions, your testimony, praises. If you're dealing with something and you want prayer for it, or you just want to discuss it or have questions about how to understand it or walk through it, we may not have all the answers, but the Bible does. You can also email me, and if you would, it would be really great if you wanted to share your comment or question or your testimony by using the audio recorder on your phone. Just make sure you're in a quiet place, but that way we can actually use your voice on the podcast if you give us permission. But it's a different way, another way for us to be able to really feel like everyone's involved. You can email that to Ray, R-E-Y, at unravelingthebabble.com. Our podcast will be released each Monday, and next week we are going to be starting the book of John, in John 1, 1 through 5, and discussing those verses. And at the end of each podcast, we'll share what the scripture is that we're going to be discussing the following week. That will give you until Thursday to share your comments, questions, because what we want you to do is to get into that scripture and study it, asking God to give you his perspective, his intention, his understanding, and then share that with us. It's just going to be so great to hear all of these different things that God is speaking to other people. This is how we sharpen one another. I'm so excited about this. Please get involved. We want to hear from you. Until next time, let's work on unraveling that battle.